0: The Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Berry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week. And as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin happy Festivus one and all it is Festivus for the rest of us to this, it is Christmas Day, so ho ho ho, Merry Christmas, Michael Berry
0: Sr., how are you my friend? Well you know it is the holiday season, and as always, the Golden Voice is gracing you with his presence, and of course this is the time of year that I like to tell everybody happy holidays, and of course, you're welcome. To
1: here are the grievances. It is Festivus. Not too many people understand what Festivus is, so I have a lot of problems with those people. So that is my unit of grievances. Obviously, we are very fortunate uh, this time of the year to be doing uh, doing this show. Uh, obviously, starting in September which, uh, with with uh, Halloween Havoc '98, and then now that we're over on the wonderful Wrestling Perspective Network. Um, a lot of thanks goes out to, uh, to Dennis Farrell first and foremost, um, you know, for uh, having us on his network and uh, with the rest of the gang. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we got a big show this week.
0: Absolutely. Um, the Golden Voice is truly thankful. I, I, I really uh, thoroughly enjoy what we do. Um, and Dennis, of course, has been wonderful to us, uh, as well as our listeners, um, who, you know, have been very loyal, and uh, we continue to look to grow. Uh, we are here on the Wrestling Perspective Network, so please spread the word. Uh, share it out. I know a lot of you have already, um, but it's much appreciated. And uh, truly a heartfelt happy holidays from the golden voice and his family to you and yours.
1: Definitely. So, you know, this is the first week, you know, we spoke earlier, and, well, obviously we speak, always oh, speak earlier, but... Um, you know, we want to get some sort of rhythm going um, with this show. So we, this is the first week. We're going to start 1996 WCW. We're starting with Great American Bash 1996 this week. Uh, this was, you know, a very crucial point in WCW. You know, it was that first. It was a pay per view before, you know, which we're going to do next week was Bash at the Beach when, um, you know, when Hollywood Hogan became Hollywood Hogan and started the NWO. Um, with the chagrin of Eric Bischoff and a number of other individuals as well, so uh, you know, like I said, we just kind of wanted to go back to WCW a little bit. We've done a lot with WWE, WWF, uh, so we know. I know we have a lot of listeners out there that uh, 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 that like w, like WCW a little bit more. Guys like Jay Z Flair and Hoop and um, a lot of those guys down there, and uh, a lot of the guys like um, Myron and Nick from Tapdown. So. Um, you know, and trying to get back to, you know, WCW just a little bit for the time being and, uh, you know, we uh, live these pay-per-views, which at this time, like I said, we're definitely, uh, you know, lift up the anticipation.
0: No, absolutely. I think you, you look at these t- uh, this time with uh, WCW and kind of we're in a position here where, or, or the spot um, of the pay-per-view we're covering and going into obviously what would happen at the very next pay-per-view. Um, you already had uh, Scott Hall showing up, Kevin Nash showed up uh, on Nitro. It was exciting times. The one thing that I've uh, heard a lot, and honestly, you know, I. I'll tell you, and and to be quite honest with you, I was more of a WWF guy than a WCW guy up until, and actually for me, uh, a big moment was when I saw Scott Hall show up um, on, uh, I believe it was Nitro, uh, and kind of show up and say, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And... There was legitimate. Remember, we're talking about 1996. So in 1996, for those of you too young to recall 1996, um, basically there was there was Internet. It was dial up Internet. There wasn't access to a lot of things that we have seem to have access to now. So back then. This thing kind of flew, you know, it would be a simple tweet you would send out. To kind of dispel the fact, well, is Scott Hall, is he coming in as Razor Ramon, Is did Vince McMahon send him? And I think admittedly, I, I know Eric has, has kind of come out and said, you know, they didn't blatantly come out and say, you know, that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were representing WWF or Vince McMahon. Um, this pay-per-view actually, I, I, I can recall, and I won't get into it too much, but specifically the question was asked because legally... It was required to be asked at this pay per view, do you and Kevin work for WWF? And the answer was no. And that was the reason. So this was a very interesting time, but you still had it. And I almost feel like their arrival really showed how behind the times, or how I don't know how to put it in the best possible sentence here, but how far off WCW would become to what would eventually become the NWO. Yeah,
1: and I, I can't help but uh, to agree with you 100% too. I, at this time, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, starting to you know see the, see the hiccups, so to speak, in the wrestling business is, you know, I kind of, like I said before, on numerous other shows and, you know, on Twitter and Periscope, they were, Network, but there were three matches on the, well for the better use of terms, we'll call it a pre-show. Um, we had the first match, one featured Rock O' Rock of all people from Public Enemy taking on Jerry America. i don't think he was canadian i don't think he was anti, uh, us at this point before. no no like... that
0: the the anti-canadian gimmick would come uh would, would come to, would come to fruition uh 99 i believe that was yeah. uh, kind of the you huh, know yeah. when vince russo got involved
1: Fire and Ice. Um, for those of you that don't know uh, Fire and Ice or don't have access to the Google machine, Fire and Ice were uh, Scotty Norton and uh, Ice Train. And for those listeners of What Happened When, you know who Ice Train is. Um, but <clears throat> for all intents and purposes, this was, wasn't a bad opening match, I thought. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, you can't go wrong with the Steiners either way. And then you know, Fire Nights, You know, I didn't, re- I didn't really remember until I saw this match. But uh, this match lasted about uh, ten minutes and twenty nine seconds, like I mentioned, the standards going over. Um, but yeah, it's just this was one of those those matches where you know, you know, you're gonna you, you're gonna get a brawl at this point. Um, so our next match was a title match, which was for the United States Championship, which was a champion, Conan. Taking on El Gato uh, in a new match in WCW. Uh, the match lasted six minutes and three seconds. Uh, El Gato, are you familiar with uh, probably early '90s uh, WWF? El Gato was um, Pat Tanaka, who was part of, I believe, it's Oriental Express. I believe, uh, but. This was a kind of a cruiserweight match before the cruiser really got big. Um, I was surprised that um, we'll see it later on, but um, we see uh, Conan with a US title. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those one of those matches that you knew you were gonna get um, uh, you know what you're gonna you know what you're gonna get and then it lived up to that. To that, uh, uh, in anticipation that you had for this match. So, uh, the next match on the card featuring Diamond Dallas Page, which when I saw this him come out, there was absolutely no pop. Which he was coming out with a cigar in his mouth, and you know he wasn't Diamond Dallas Page. Boom! Yeah, there was just more of you know the Diamond Stud Stable with him and um. Scott Hall, kind of of coming off that, weaning him off of it. Um, He was taking on Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Yes.
0: Buff is the stuff.
1: But he wasn't buff yet. Um, And he didn't have his mom with him, so that was always a good thing. Um, This match lasted 9 minutes and 39 seconds. CDP going over Bagwell. Um, So that was always good. And as you're doing your little, you know, getting up there, I'm sure you're probably all psyched up because of fantasy football. I've been out since probably about week 10, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> so...
0: I don't know what you're talking about, neither do the listeners.
1: Yeah, nobody knows. You can't, you can't see. I was going to do a little periscope, I'm like, eh, what the hell? We got space for podcasting. so nobody wants to see that. Okay. Uh, Anyways, we'll go on to the next match. We'll go that awkward pause there. The next match was for the Cruiserweight Championship of the World. Dean Milenko, your champion, taking on the state, Dewey Ray Mysterio Jr. Uh, this match takes about 17 and a half minutes on the button. Uh, this was the first match of many that they had against each other. And, you know, looking back on it now, it's lift up everything that I was hoping to get out of it. Uh, You know, Dean Malenko being obviously the great general that he is, there was, and was soon to be, Um, obviously being an agent in the uh, WWE now. Uh, Yeah, phenomenal match uh, in my eyes.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, the interesting thing is you have Rey Mysterio who... Uh, is currently a WWE superstar. So think about that. We're talking about 1996 here, uh, and we are present-day 2018. So Rey Mysterio uh, is definitely someone who has been around quite a while.
1: Well, you keep in mind, too, though, even before 96, he was wrestling since he was 16 in Mexico. So you probably had another at this hmm. time. I guess I don't
0: know how old he was yeah. at this time. Yeah, I mean, a- a- and I get what you're saying, but there's obviously a big difference between wrestling down in mexico or over in japan or even for an ecw um, but to be on the main stage which make no mistake about it you know at this time was wCw and, and wWF um and now of course wwe
1: mm-hmm. yeah but like i said it up every every hope that i had for this match and uh, obviously we'll get to you know we'll get to that once we get into our cards um, for, for this event but Um, you know, the next match was the, um, yeah, the bell had to ring, my friend, which was John Tetna, aka Earthquake, taking on Big Bubba Rogers, aka The Big Boss Man, which I'm pretty sure I'm safe to call him The Big Boss Man now. I don't think I'll get sued by, uh, or anybody from WCW now, so, um,
0: well, they wouldn't be the ones have... to sue you, pal. It'd be the WWE.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. They can't sue me for something if I don't have it, so.
0: Well, if they do sue, sue you, you'd be doing hard time.
1: Well, you know what else you could do a hard time with?
0: Of course, the sponsor of our lovely Wrestling Perspective Network, and that is Blue Chew. Oh, yeah. Live long and
1: prosper. That's what she said. So, anyway, uh, this match lasts about, nine, about five minutes. You know, it was what it was. You know, we're not going to get into too much detail with this match, you know. Uh, So our next match was looking back at it now, you kind of go, huh, interesting. Which was a false count anywhere match, pinning Chris Benoit uh, going against uh, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, This match lasted a little over nine and a half minutes. Jimmy Hart was in the corner of uh Kevin Sullivan, which was the member of the Dungeons of Doom at this point. Uh this was uh Yeah, this was a pretty uh pretty tough match to watch. Who knowing the you know, what we know now looking back at it, it's like, hmm, interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, you know, obviously and we don't want to get into it too much given that we're so close around the holiday season, right? But You know, I try to. The rule of thumb that I use is with regards to watching anything Chris Benoit, of course, you'll never forget uh, the sad, unfortunate things that happened. But, you know, his matches were his matches, right? At the end of the day, um, I think people need to realize that there's a separation between what you see on screen in wrestling and what happens behind the scenes. And I think those lines. While well, they've been blurred, and I get why the fans are where they are with it because of where the product has gone in the past, I think it's time for us to kind of realize that, you know, these people that are magical on our screen are still human beings and they still have lives. And they're still going to make unfortunate decisions and choices from time to time, just like you and i will or anybody else watching them will and i think they're held to a higher standard and and look at the end of the day that's just it comes with the territory but i think people need to be a little bit more empathetic uh to the fact that these are real people uh so you know but at the end of the day what chris benoit did we all know was absolutely terrible no denying that but you know for context of this match um looking back on it it was you know a a really really good match um you had two people here that were, were so good at ring psychology, something that I feel like is missed, uh, on the product today. So.
1: Yeah. You know, I know this, like I look at that down. It is one of those things where we we're like, okay, well, it's hard not to rebook it in a different way, especially with these two guys, the way that they wrestled in the past. And, you know, you can't hold what happened later on against them at this point, but, um, Anyway, we'll move on. Um, our next match was Sting taking on Sir Steven Regal, or Lord Stephen Regal, mind you, with Jeeves in his corner. So pretty much, when your name is Jeeves, you pretty much summed up your occupation for life, I think. Uh, so
0: we are... Uh, yeah. Or Virgil, for that matter. Ah-ha! Or, or uh, how much dust could a dusty dust if a dusty could dust dust? you're welcome uh,
1: (laughs) so we're going to go things can take uh, take uh, take the win on this over Regal by submission in 16 minutes and 30 seconds how good was Regal at this time?
0: Uh, Regal was you know it's funny I actually uh, so uh, forgive me I can't remember exactly what week it was but a few weeks ago um Something to Wrestle With, with Bruce Pritchard had uh, basically their show on the one and only William Regal, Stephen Regal, as it were, in WCW. And, you know, unfortunately, it sounds like at this time he was in, you know, and maybe he wasn't as in rough a shape here as he was later on after he signed with WWF. But um, the thing that I I think I would credit Stephen or William Regal, as it were, uh, for being, and that's someone that in the ring that knew what the hell he was doing and could get a match over again, ring psychology, right? It's something that I'm sure people are tired of hearing me talk about, but at the end of the day, ring psychology is such a key element when you're trying to tell a story, not in vignettes and and, and controlled settings, but when you're in the ring, right? When you're trying to pace up the pace of the match and what you're, you know, trying to convey onto, you know, into the audience. And of course, when you're on live TV, uh, which is actually, you know, really a, a different thing, uh, to the audience at home. Um, because uh, there's a certain way you have to go about it. There's certain camera angles that catch certain avenues. Right. So, you know, Steven Regal to me was really just an absolute, you know, the King of that. You couldn't like, I, I go back and look at, some of the old stuff and granted he was given the man's man gimmick and i'm, I'm veering a little bit off subject here but you know he still whatever steven regal or william regal was given he made it work um despite the struggles that he was having so i think that's a testament to him and and really how he was able to how, how talented of a performer that he uh was and continues to be yeah you know and he's doing a big job john
1: is the commissioner on nxt now and you know, rightfully should take its place in the Hall of Fame one day, and hopefully this someday soon. Um, the quote-unquote quote, unquote, Hall of Fame. Um, but, uh, yeah, it definitely lives up to the anticipation that I saw. Um, so, to move on, our next match was a tag team match featuring Rick Flair and Arn Anderson taking on Kevin Green and Mongo Steve McMichael. Uh...
0: Yeah, one of these teams is not like the other, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, look, it is what it is. Um, this match was to basically get a storyline kind of do. it was basically, there was an open spot, right, in the Four Horsemen, so this was a way to get to a point where you could have, and I remember this, in, in particular, this storyline, the storyline in it of itself actually was, was fairly entertaining. The matches, as you could say, not so much, but this was basically, this match wasn't put together with the idea of it being a six-star, seven-star live from the Tokyo Dome match, um, as yeah. your friend Dave would like to uh, probably say. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was what it was, and it was to get an angle over. It was to get Mongo into the Four Horsemen um, as a Bears fan. Um, love Mongo. I've actually, I'm going to go into a little bit of a story here, if, if I may, um, but, you know, basically when my son was, you know, really, really a baby and still in diapers, we uh, had the pleasure of meeting uh, one Steve Mongo McMichael um, at a place called Ultra Foods. It actually uh, just closed up last year. Uh, Here in Highland, Indiana where we live now at the time we're living in Hammond not going to get into semantics But so basically, you know had my son over there my son even as a young child You've seen him RJ. He's you know, let me just say my son is about 160 pounds and he's eight years old He's a huge kid, right? Uh, He's very tall and he's very large for his age Um, But even at that time he was very large and you know, Steve was a great guy um very much, uh, you know, was very welcoming and saw my son and said, well, we need to sign him up right now to play offensive line for for these Bears. And this was at a time, mind you, the Bears weren't what they are this year, but more so kind of like how they were last year, right? Um, not good. And so and this was a time when we had Jay Cutler, which no comment there. But anyways, you know, off, off of that subject, you know, basically, Mongo's a great guy and basically, obviously, I'm a, a, a fan of, what I wasn't a fan of at the time and even to this day I can tell you my my mind hasn't changed is that I I don't really agree with the fact that they put Steve Mongo McMichael in the four Horsemen. No knock on him, again great person, but I think it was in a way unfair to him. Because if you're in if you're a four horseman, you are wrestling royalty in my from my perspective. And look, let me preface this by saying and if anybody wants to correct me on Twitter at Michael Berry Senior, there are people, people that I know that are way more knowledgeable about WCW and about the Four Horsemen than I am by a lot. Um, but from what I what I gather and what I recall and and what my memories are, the Four Horsemen was a, a very special, very prestige. It wasn't the NWO and what the NWO became, right? The NWO became. Almost everybody was in the NWO at some point. Um, So, you know, off of my soapbox. But so basically, you know, from my perspective, I didn't agree with where they were going. But I think the storytelling that they did to get there was actually pretty good.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I I agree 100% too. I I never understood why uh, Mongo was in the Four Horsemen. I never quite got it. Uh, later on, obviously, I, you know, okay, it makes sense, you know, somebody had to do it and I'm like, to, to me
0: anyways,
1: obviously not growing up in the South, there the Four Horsemen, I can't, you know, thoroughly, excuse <coughs> me, I can't thoroughly um, understand the whole Four Horsemen, but, um, you know, my Four Horsemen always was Rick, Arm, Tully, and uh, Barry Windham. You know, a lot of people, and it's going to be an argument I had for times, is, oh, they should have had um, Oli in there, and, you know, okay, fine, that's great, but I never understood, you know, even, everybody tried to be a horseman, you had mean, you had Benoit, you had Milinko, you had Mongo, and I'm like, but, yeah, Mongo, it didn't fit. It didn't fit by a long shot, um, but. Excuse me, I digress, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to move on, because if we talk about the 4-Hertz, we're gonna be here forever, and not too many people will, will like that talk, other than uh, some some guys down from North Carolina, so, you guys know who you are, um, but, anyways, to get to the main event of Great American Bash 1996, we saw the Giant, your WCW Champion. Uh. Taking on Lex Luger. Um, yeah, I, there was, this match was, there was definitely a point to this match, and I got it. Did I like it? Not for nine minutes and 21 seconds, and it was similar to, you know, this tag, the tag match previous to this was 20 and a half minutes. Mm, yeah, no. But, you know, it was what it was. We saw the Giant Cobra retain his title against Lex Luger. Uh, obviously, we know what happened to Lex Luger after this. You know, NWO, NWO Wolfpack, and, you know, some, on, on, some you know, later on some unsettling circumstances happened to him in his personal life. And, um, you know, I have met him once. He is probably he lives in Buffalo, and, yes, he is a Bills fan. So when you ever disown the Buffalo Bills, This thing that Lex Luger is going to put you in that torture rack and make you tap out?
0: Well, you know, it's funny you you bring uh, when you're discussing Lex Luger because, believe it or not, uh, Lex Luger was at Starcade, right? Um, I'm sorry, Starcast, forgive me. Um, And I know, so uh, we had a guest last week, Matt Kuhn, and Matt Kuhn really cherished uh, his time with Lex Luger at. You know, star his story to tell more so than mine, but um, yeah, Lex. I mean, I've I've heard things that Lex wasn't always a great guy, but uh, today, present day, he is, and uh, he was all smiles at, at, at the uh, at the at the event. I um, mean, I think there's a little bit more too. I mean, you mentioned you know Lex Luger and being a part of the Wolfpack, but that was a little bit further down the line. People forget that. It was Lex Luger. So Lex Luger was, was for a time, because remember, uh, not in the not-so-distant future, Sting kind of went away, right? Because Sting was like, which side is he on here or there? Lex Luger was that guy, at least for me and from my perspective, that was WCW. And he was that guy, you know, people forget again, that Nitro. I, I can't remember exactly the date. Hell, I forget too, right? But uh, Lex Luger actually took the title off of Hulk Hogan um, he was the first one to do it, uh, after, you know, Hollywood Hogan was NWO, um, Lex Luger won the title, He dropped it back a few days later to the pay-per-view, which I still question to this day, um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, kind of shows you, you know, it's kind of something that happened back then that seems to happen a lot nowadays, um, so, you know, that, that's, you know, kind of my perspective, but, um, Yeah, I mean, but, you know, Lex Luger had that run, and he was, you know, the guy in WCW, you know, or the guy really running it um, for quite a while. And I I actually thought, all things considered, given, I think we all know what you would say Lex Luger's limitations are. He wasn't always the best talker, um, you know, but he was someone who could talk well enough to, you know, do what he had to do. I think that showed a lot in his WWF run. Um, As a narcissist, he really, you know, that gimmick kind of carried itself um I think it was a pretty fitting gimmick for him but then for him to cross over and be the one to slam Yokozuna you know I think that was uh he he really I I, as a kid recalling it and really trying to, to remember it from what I recall as a kid it seemed like in the beginning that there was a little bit of a struggle there but he really kind of you know tied into that role and was able to become that guy um and really do uh what he needed to do so, you know, uh, I think that was, uh, that was uh, you know, a, a big part of, uh, you know, what he should be remembered for for his run. Yeah, yeah, no, you know,
1: he, he we'll go back to, you know, the whole promo cutting uh, faction with as far as the Giant, Paul White, as far as Lex Luger. We really saw, you know, we didn't see them cut the best promos, but we, for this, this time period, you know, they did what they had to do to get over as far as cutting promos and all that stuff. So it made, it, it made sense. It made sense to the, the storyline that they had with them and all that stuff. And I know the match you're talking about, they, it was basically, it was December of, I want to say, towards the end, I think it
0: was like 99, no, 98. No, no. no. Uh, I, I would say that it wasn't too long it, I want to say 97. I'd I'd have to look it up. Um, I know it's in
1: December. I know that for
0: a fact. Um, Somewhere in there. But anyway, yeah.
1: But, you know, you you talk about, you know, the cut of their jib. But, you know what you can do with the cut of your jib? Is, you know, take
0: that little magical uh, chewy. Yeah, of course. You know... We love it here on the Revisionist Booking Podcast, and we are very blessed to have our sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners here at Revisionist Booking Podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code WPP to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for supporting the network. And as always, you're welcome. Well, there's one thing that we both can agree
1: on, Michael, and that's that you don't need Bluetooth to get this pay-per-view going, even though it's probably a good idea, you know, to kind of play the gambler, so to speak. But, um, So my first match of my card for the Great American Bash 96 will be a title match. There's no better way to start a pay-per-view but with a title match. It's going to be for the U.S. championship featuring the York champion Conan taking on D.D.P. Bang! So we're going to see D.D.P., you know, he's an older guy, but he's going to be a new up and comer superstar at WCW. You know, we're going to see a lot of, Conan was a quote-unquote, trying to get over here is by gaining his championship but he's not going to ddp is going to hit the diamond cutter for the victory on yes conan obviously we're going to see conan become a superstar wcw later on but for this instance i'm going to put the strap on ddp and strap that rocket to his behind and take him to the moon
0: all right very interesting rj very interesting so then, so then, my first match is going to be, uh, we're going to see Jim Duggan face off for the U.S. the championship against Conan the Champion. Ho, and you're going to see Jim Duggan basically, you know, th- so this is 1996, right? So if we're booking it back then there's going to be the whole, you know, Jim Duggan, well, you're you're not American tough guy. You're from Mexico and you're trying to steal our U.S. championship and, you know, kind of really play that, that type of an angle. Um, but here you're going to see Conan use some underhanded tactics and he will be able to retain the U.S. championship. This will put, you know, this will help build up Conan, who was the younger competitor, obviously, at this point. Um, I think one of the things that got lost in WCW, and I know they didn't have a mind on it and I get why, But I think, you know, you have this ex-WWF talent. You need to put your talent over. So here I'd have Conan defeat Jim Duggan to retain the United States Championship.
1: I like it. I like it. Even though you've beaten Jim Duggan, I always like Conan. Um, So my next match is going to be a match. We're not going to give really too much detail into it, just because every, every pay per view needs some filler, and this is going to be one of my filler matches. It's going to be uh, featuring Flash Norton, Scotty Norton, taking on Marcus Alexander Beanbag Bagwell. And, you know, Scotty Norton, he's a big, tough old guy, taking on, you know, the little, little younger Wily Bagwell before Buff was the stuff. And Buff isn't going to be the stuff in this match, is he's going to lose. Scotty Flash Norton in a fairly quick match, and Scotty's just gonna take take a beating to him and uh, show him, you know, show him what his future is gonna be like in, uh, in WCW after this. So Scotty Norton over Marcus Alexander Madwell.
0: Well, that's very interesting, and, and, and I, I definitely a match I'd love to see. Uh, moving on to my next match, um, we're again going with the theme of what I was just saying or, or, or how I was going about it here, we're going to see John Tetna go up against none other than D-D-P-Bang. So you're going to get this match here. Who do you think going over, RJ? Bang! You're absolutely right. We're going to go ahead and put D-D-P over again. You know, really trying to put some, some, some you know heat behind him and give him a good win and, and knocking off a former WWF guy. Look, we don't have to address the fact that he was a WWF guy to, for people to know because the audience isn't stupid. So DDP is going to utilize the diamond cutter. Uh, he's going to avoid getting basically squashed, as they say, and you're going to see DDP get the win over John Tetna.
1: Oh, uh, probably one of the most underrated wrestlers, I believe, in uh, WWF history, John Tenna, aka Earthquake.
0: Absolutely. Opinion,
1: you know, uh, for full on its work. But um, my next match is going to be another championship match. This time it's going to be for the Cruiserweight Championship match, or the Cruiserweight Championship, excuse me. Your champion, Demon Lego, taking on Rey Mysterio. This is the type of match that you cannot change. We've had. Uh, episode you know, with the WrestleMania match, with uh, the WrestleMania 14, I believe we did. We did the match with the King of the Ring we did it with Dennis. If it's not broke, don't fix it. This match isn't broke. You're not going to fix it. You're going to have Dean Malenko go over Rey Mysterio in his debut match in, uh, in WCW for the Cruiserweight Championship. You know what we're going to see between these two guys later on, so I don't have to go into that. You know, I wanted to see this match. I was contemplating putting this first, this match first, but I, I kind of wanted to get in and DDP there right in the first match. But um, Dean Malenko going over Rey Mysterio in a very good barn burner match.
0: Well, there you go. So, basically, we're going to play copycat here. I'm going to have the same match. Um, and, yes, it's, you know, I, I think you, you, you stated it eloquently. It's, you know, it's going to see Dean, Dean Malenko, and this is something Eric Bischoff has brought up in recent weeks on 83 Weeks, uh, the, the podcast 83 Weeks, um, and that is that, you know, Dean Malenko was one of the best, and guess what I'm going to bring up? Ring psychology. Yeah, he was... You know, his, but his presentation, he was, it was believability, right? And, uh, yeah, here we're going to see, I'm not going to change, it's going to be Dean Malenko going over, uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. Um, you know, in a, uh, in a cruiserweight match. And, uh, I think that was, you know, that was the right call at this moment.
1: Yeah. And like I said, we know what's going to happen in the future for these two guys. Um, and you know, why not start it off on a a good note with this match? Um, like I said, my next match, we're gonna have uh, another filler match. Uh, I have three pretty much on this card. Uh, we're gonna have Randy, Macho Man, Savage. Ooh yeah, dang it. taking on Big Bubba Rogers, A.K.A. Big Boss Man. However, uh, you're thinking to yourself, I know. I can see. I can see the wheel turning a little bit, Michael, in your head. And yes, I see that smoke coming out of your ears too because you're thinking too hard. Don't think too hard. We're going to have Big Bubba Rogers with the upset win over Randy Savage. We know what's going to happen, like I said, with Savage going into the NWO. We're going to see what's going to happen with Savage going against Hogan in the next pay-per-view. But we're going to see that later on. But for this instance, I always like Big Bubba Rogers. Uh, you know, Ray Trailer, Big Boss Man, whatever you want to call him. I want to see Big Bubba Rogers and Ray Trailer go over in this pay-per-view and I'm going to book it that way.
0: Ray Trailer, Big Bubba Rogers over Randy Savage. Quite the upset there, RJ. So for me, Big Bubba Rogers will be in my next match, but he will be in a tag team with Lord Steven Regal going up against the Steiner brothers. And, uh, you know, basically in in this match, you know, again, you have a former WWF talent. He's someone who was in WCW previously as well. Um, And you have Steven Riedel. So, you know, kind of putting them together, have Big Bubba Rogers kind of be Steven Riedel's bodyguard. I know he already had, um, you know, his sidekick there as well. Um, But, you know, I I think, you know, Jeeves. But I think, you know, having Big Bubba Rogers kind of be his, you know, head of security. We kind of seen him using that role uh, in the future as well. Um, So I'm going to put those guys together and lump them in as a tag team, but they are basically going to be utilized to get over none other than the Steiner brothers, uh, who will get the win. Um, And basically, after this match, uh, this is where we'll see the action with Savage being reinstated um, for. And then uh, basically, uh, and I'm going to go into this just because it'd be the segment right after this match. You would see uh, Macho Man Randy Savage also be announced for a number one contenders match later on. Um, facing Sting, right? Uh, but first, he's going to help ref the next match that I'm going to get into right after you give us your match, RJ. Okay, excellent.
1: Um, so that was, that was Baller, or, uh, Baller Rogers and um, what was
0: it again? I'm sorry. Lord Steven Regal. Steven okay, yeah, I like that combination,
1: yeah, definitely. Definitely, uh, definitely a good match, my friend. So my next match is going to be, well, Q... You know the uh, special effects. We're going to see the cage, the steel cage coming down around the ring, and we're going to see Chris Benoit take on Kevin Sullivan in a steel cage match. Yes, we knew they were going to be in a Falcon Anywhere match, but I want to see that inside a steel, solid steel cage match. Uh, you know, we're not going to get into details on this. Obviously, we talked from a brief on that. The freezer was the two. But the one thing we can agree on is these two are great wrestlers in the ring, great ring psychology, like you mentioned, ring generals. We're going to see Chris Benoit take that next step in WCW by defeating Kevin Sullivan inside a steel cage.
0: No, I like it. It's uh, It was definitely a rivalry that uh, would probably need a steel cage. Those were two guys that, um, you know, obviously had heat for obvious reasons. Um, moving on to my uh, next match, uh, we're going to see, of course, we have uh, Macho Man Randy Savage as a special guest referee. You have the team, the Horseman team of Arn Anderson and, woo, Ric Flair, and uh, they are going to take on Kevin Green and Steve Mongo McMichael. Um, so basically, there is going to be a you know a back and forth match. You're going to have Kevin Green and McMichael be the strong guys that they are. Um, however, what you're going to see is there's going to be a situation here uh, towards the end of the match where you're going to get Ric Flair, um, and he is going to uh, you know kind of do something dashly. It looks like Savage is going to you know kind of try to stop it or what have you. Ric Flair is going to go for a quick uh, surprise roll up on um steve mongo mcmichael and you're gonna see macho man randy savage one two three fast count and they're gonna get this fast count right um and so basically you're gonna see arn anderson and rick flair win they're gonna start beating down these individuals along with the newest member of the four horsemen remember a prestigious four horsemen none other than the macho man randy savage Ooh yeah
1: That's that's that basically has to be happening during this match, so
0: sorry. Um, why not? Um. <laughs> like I said, it's it's the the match in and of itself. I mean, if we're trying to get the match over, then what we would do is we would we would not have Kevin Green involved one. Um, because as as much as you want to say Mongo maybe struggled in the ring, I think Kevin Green we can all agree struggled even way more so. Um, beyond that. Um, you know, I think you'd have Macho Man teamed up with uh, Mongo McMichael uh, and have Macho do most of the heavy lifting and the carrying. But uh, basically, this is a way to get us to a story where you can kind of, you know, have Macho Man be that dastardly hill. Um Of course, this does pivot him off of the Bash of the Beach match, but I'll get into that later and how we get there. Yeah, that's,
1: that's what she said. Um, So, my next match, yeah, I guess so, why not? My next match is going to be a tag team match, not like yours, but, you know, a tag team match nonetheless. It's going to feature John Tetna and the Disco Inferno taking on El Cato and Rocco Rock. Like I said before, every pay-per-view needs some filler. This is one of them. Always a big fan of John Tetna. Um, Elgato and Rocco Rock and I figure what the heck we'll throw somebody else in there who might as well be Disco Inferno um, so Tetna Inferno over Elgato and Rocco Rock in my next match
0: alright so for my next match we're going to get Scott Norton to go up against Marcus Bagwell um, with, uh, with Ice Train of course in Scott Norton's uh, corner uh, we will get a back and forth match Um, We will see Ice Train try to get some interference here. It'll backfire and allow Marcus, soon to be known as Buff Bagwell, to get the win over the veteran Scott Norris here, Um, and I think this will kind of lead us into where we go. Uh, We know that eventually we have Marcus Bagwell and Scott Norton together as a team. This will be the genesis of that.
1: You up michael barry at michael barry senior on twitter okay okay i'll i let him know that okay thanks you're not you're not over the basketball household she just she just called me i have her on speed
0: dial uh well you know some would say you know the bag uh, we'll, we would just have to make sure that the bag is recovered if you know what i mean
1: <laughs> indeed so anyways i figured try try at least tickle you a little bit Geez, since the season Anyway, so my next match is going to be a, uh, a submission match featuring Lord Stephen Regal taking on Sting. Oh, hold on. Sting! Sorry, I, I, I had to do it for it, but what I know. I can't do it like Tony, so. Um, we're going to see two great ring generals, Sting and Lord Stephen Regal, you know, back and forth, you know. Great submission specialists that are Regal Sting. It's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be the, one of the matches to everybody's going to want to see. It's going to be a five star. Actually, you know what? it's going to be a seventeen star match because it's not going to be in Tokyo Dome. You know, it's going to be in the Baltimore Arena, so it's going to be a seventeen star match. Sting taking out Steven Regal with a Scorpion Deathlock. to win this submission match right
0: here at the Great American Bash. There you go. Fairly solid match there, sir. All right, so moving forward uh, with my card here, we're going to get um, uh, the match that, you know, you've already brought up. I think that a lot of people remember, and that is the Chris Benoit-Kevin Sullivan match. It will be a false Count Anywhere match. Uh, this is a big rivalry match. Uh, to me, this is your sub to your sub main event, as it were. Um, so that's why my positioning for seventh on the card, um, and you're going to see Chris Benoit able to be victorious over uh, Kevin Sullivan, um, you know, in this continued rivalry or feud. Um, you know, this match again, a lot of ring psychology. Uh, they tell a good story in the ring, so I would definitely want to keep this match on the card.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. There's a rivalry in and outside the ring, so why not keep it going in this big review? Uh, so, to my eighth match, my semi main event, if you will, your whatever you want to call it, it's going to feature another tag team match, but this time, this is a tag team match that everybody's going to want to see. It's going to feature Arn Anderson and Ric Flair taking on the Steiner Brothers. This is a match that I've always wanted to see. I've never, i never, it may have happened somewhere in the country during this time, and I don't know. I may have to go back and do a little research to see if it actually happened or not. I'm pretty sure it didn't. Um, But, you know, we're going to see the best in my eyes. You may disagree with me. You probably may. The best wrestler of all time, Ric Flair, and probably one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time, Arn Anderson, taking on one of the best tag teams of all time, no matter where you are, whether they're WWE or WCW, the Snyder Brothers were legit best tag one of the best tag teams in the in the world of all time. Um, but in this aspect, I will never make a card. I'll tell you this right now and you can cut this up and play it back for me if I'm wrong. I will never have Ric Flair lose. And this is gonna be one of those matches. Ric Flair and Don Anderson beating the Snyder brothers in the semi main event. I very well could have made this my main event, but in my eyes the heavyweight championship is always going to be the main event no matter what. So,
0: Arn Anderson, Rick Flair, over Rick and Scott the Steiners. There you go. You have the utmost respect for Rick Flair, sir, and I respect that. Um, so, moving on to uh, my semi-main, the aforementioned number one contenders match. So, now we've established uh, Randy Savage as a hill, a member of the Four Horsemen. Well, who is uh, the Four Horsemen's biggest rival? The man they call Sting, right? Um and it's arguable. They've had plenty of rivals over the years, right? Um so basically you're gonna do a situation here with the number one contenders and Rick Flair and Arn Anderson are gonna help repay the favor. Uh and they are gonna basically assist and do whatever they need to to make sure that Randy Orton will and he will be eventually successful and become the new number one contender to the World Heavyweight Championship by defeating Sting mm-hmm. with underhanded tactics. From Ric Flair and Arn Anderson with outside interference.
1: Excellent, excellent. Can never, can never go wrong with those guys in that match. I can guarantee you that. So my main event, obviously, it's a precursor from what I said previously. Every pay-per-view, the heavyweight championship should main event. It's going to main event here. I didn't change it. I didn't change the participants because I think they did a fairly good job at booking this to run this way. Your champion, the Giant. Aka Paul White, Aka a Big Show taking on Lex Luger. I'm gonna have the Giant still go over in this match, but what I'm going to see happening is Sting is going to make an appearance that He wants the championship. He always wanted the championship. He regularly so deserves the championship. He in some way is going to try to cost the Giant the match. So with the trap going on Lex Luger, but it's not gonna work. The Giant is going to. Regain his championship, take out Sting at the same time. Yours champion, still,
0: the Giant. Very good main event. Very interesting, sir. So, uh, allow me a volley, good sir. Um, I am going to go with my main event. And my main event will be the Giant versus Lex Luger. Surprise, surprise. The Giant comes in as a champion. However, we will see, basically... There's going to be the Outsiders coming in and doing interference, but they're not out to help the Giant, they're going to be out to help Lex Luger, but they are going to get Lex Luger, um, basically, uh, they're going to help, uh, you know, they're going to basically jump the Giant, and unfortunately, um, Lex Luger is going to get DQ'd because of it. and basically, you're going to get the Outsiders coming out and teasing Luger as the third member to kind of throw that shadow of a doubt out there. Um, Sting's going to come out, who's basically question Luger, and they're going to question each other. The Outsiders are going to kind of sneak off, and they've already did what they came to do. Um, but basically, this is going to lead to a match at the next pay-per-view, the Bass at the Beach. Uh, but instead, it's going to be the Giant, Sting and Luger, who are going to team up, going up against the Outsiders. And of course, we know... Hogan will come out. So, basically, the Giant is taking Randy Savage's spot here. Um, he's not going to be as friendly with him as Randy was, right? Um, but, you know, and basically, the Giant's going to get the leg drop. We all know that eventually what ends up happening is Hogan got his title shot on the Giant. I've always had a problem with that because, to me, it didn't make sense. This helps it make sense, if that, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, you know, basically... You know, that's that's what you're gonna see here. Um, You know, the same angle at that pay per view with Luger getting injured. I thought that was very well played. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, And hopefully, you know, uh, our listeners enjoyed both of our cards uh, here uh, today, RJ.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. You know, and we get, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's Christmas Day. You know. First and foremost, Merry Christmas to you, the whole family. I know you know you know a lot of things have pers- or transpired over the you know the cut last few months, last few weeks for both of us. And um, not to get too sentimental here, but you know this is one of the things that you know I look forward to every week. Sit down, chatting with you um, for the show um, outside of what we normally do. So, like my best to your family um, and. You know, precursor to that. If anybody, you know, please share everything. Please share this episode. Please share the network. We're at revisionist book on Twitter. I'm at krasinski rj on Twitter. Michael is at michael berry senior. Um, you know, head over to whatforapparel.com forward slash revisionist book. We have some uh, merchandise over there: t-shirts, hoodies. You know, we got the t-shirts going for 19.99. We got the t- sweatshirts going for, I believe, they're 39.99. Check them out. Support the uh, uh, support the podcast. Support, um, you know, all of us. You know, we try trying to, uh, you know, make everything, you know, this time of year as comfortable as possible. And what better way to make it comfortable is with a revisionist booking uh, t-shirt or sweatshirt. So,
0: without further ado. No, absolutely, and I think we also, you know, one of the things that we spoke with uh, our friend uh, Josiah over there is, you know, now you can go over and get our shirt, and it's, uh, you know, the shirt is now 19.99. dollars um, We want to do that for our listeners, uh, you know, who w- would like to support us, um, and we want to try to be, you know, um a very affordable shirt for you guys uh that enjoy the show and we appreciate um everyone who has bought a shirt or will buy a shoot a shirt in the in the, in the future so Um, Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, Again, you know, happy holidays from my family to to everybody's family, including you as well, of course, RJ. Um, We're definitely blessed blessed to be on the Wrestling Perspective Network. A lot of great shows on this network already. I've had a chance to listen to a couple. Um, So, you know, I'd love to get in touch with everybody on the network, but I would strongly encourage, you know, we're at blogtalkradio.com, you know, forward slash Wrestling Perspective Network um you know you can on itunes you go and you search wrestling perspective network and all the shows are on there uh just a great opportunity that we've been given as have many others so um you know it's it's a joy to be able to uh you know share our thoughts and our cards with you guys um and of course i've graced you with my presence as the golden voice as always you're welcome and rj let the
1: revisionist revolution begin